0: It was the golden age of arcades. In a matter of just two years, the number of dedicated arcades nearly doubled across the United States. Arcade cabinets were everywhere. Supermarkets, doctor's office, restaurants, and more. And among the games released during this period were some of the most noted games in history. Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, Space Invaders, and of course, today's topic, Missile Command. Released in July of 1980, Missile Command was one of the more popular cabinets released during this time. So let's talk about it. Stick around and join us for today's ballistic trip down memory card lane. morning good afternoon and good evening i hope these words find you well hello and welcome to the 44th episode of our video game nostalgia podcast a trip down memory card lane each week we take a look back at one game released during the current week in gaming history and we talk about it while doing so we hope to teach you something new about the game what it took from the world and its inspiration or what it gave back to it in its legacy Today, we're going to be talking about Missile Command, released as an arcade cabinet in July of 1980. And while doing so, we're going to teach you a little bit about the golden age of arcades from which it came. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. I'm David Kasson, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, who missed the golden age of arcades, but managed to catch the old, old age of arcades, my brother, Rob Casson. Rob, How's that old age treating you?
1: Uh, well, Dave, it's getting pretty old.
0: <laughs> arcades have been ah, around for a long ah, time. Ah. Oh, I'm the old one. Now we have all the new fancy arcades, although you can still find some of the arcades, including the one we're talking about today. You know, missile commands around, as are a lot of the games from that time period. And we're going to cover that as we go along. So uh, how you doing today? I
1: am doing well. How about yourself?
0: Uh, can't complain either. Can't complain. It's been uh, a good week. Got some stuff done. Got some some stuff written and, and some cats taken care of. You know the drill. What you been playing this week? Uh, this week has
1: been a little bit of Rocket League and a little bit of Apex. And yeah, just uh, as always, got the good old RuneScape.
0: <laughs> yeah. How about you? See, Rocket League is my throwback because I've done a little bit of Rocket League, but RuneScape is your throwback. So, I have been playing Ghost of Tsushima, which is very, very good. Up until this point, my favorite PlayStation 4 game has been Horizon uh, Zero Dawn. But this game, I'm about, I don't know, five, six hours into it. And so far, this game could very well rival it by the time it's done. I I, I can see it being a serious contender for my favorite game of the PS4 generation. It is incredibly good. I'm excited. I'm excited to finish it. And we'll, we'll see how I feel about it after I put, you know, however many hours is required. So very, very good. But we aren't here to talk about Ghost Sars. Look. In case, for our listeners, I have a number of foster kittens I share an office with right now, and I'm letting them play wild right now, and they are crawling all over, so I apologize if I, like, yelp out, because at that very moment, a cat caught me. Anyway, so today, we are talking about the Golden Age of of Arcades and Missile Commands, and, you know, we've talked about a few arcade cabinets from just before the Golden Age of Arcades, and I've tapped, you know, like Pac-Mans from the golden age of arcades. We did Pac-Man once. And so as a result, I kind of want to touch base on the golden age of arcades. Real quick primer in it, uh, you know, a little history lesson, you know, because the golden age of arcades was what was perhaps the first like period of commercial success that the video game industry had ever seen. You know, it started in the late 1970s and it was a, a, a basically a period of incredibly rapid growth for the video game industry we saw technological improvement we saw its cultural influence increase and and frankly we we saw the amount of money it was bringing in increase very much the golden age of arcades is typically seen as beginning with the release of space invaders space invaders was released in 1978 but it really started to gain popularity in 1979 so 1979 till about 1983 is generally accepted as the golden age of arcades, and then of course in 1983, that's when you know the um, the the home consoles began their dominance, and coin-op car- arcades uh, lost their prominence, right? So as Space Invaders and other games became more popular, arcade cabinets really started to show up outside of their traditional locations, which were bowling alleys and bars, things like that. But as arcades got more popular, you started to see them everywhere. They were in supermarkets. They were in restaurants, liquor stores, gas stations. Uh Rob, you and I have talked about playing them in, in the doctor's office. At least I've played them in doctor's office, right? Yeah, you've definitely talked
1: about that before.
0: Have you? Can you think of any weird place like that that you've you've played? Our, I mean, we used to go camping, and arcades were there. How about you? Are there any weird places you've stumbled across them before? uh not that I can think of that you haven't already touched
1: on. I mean, it's, oh.
0: Yeah, I mean, arcades weren't as much of a thing once you, you know, once you got to gaming age. So uh, aside from this, uh, of course, arcade arcades themselves. I mean, we're talking about arcade cabinets, but arcades, big places you could go and play multiple arcades became very prominent. Between 1980 and 1982, the number of dedicated arcades nearly doubled. I mean, at that period, they added a little over 10,000 dedicated arcades across the United States. So at this point, it was estimated that there were about 24,000 full arcades, 400,000 street arcade locations, and about 1.5 million arcade machines active across the, United, the entire United States. You know, and it was a, it was basically a financial windfall for this industry. Arcade machine sales in 1978 only amounted to about 50 million <laughs> only, right? Mm-hmm. but by 1981 they sold about 900 million dollars worth of arcade cabinets that's almost a billion dollars in sales in 1981 dollars wow i know right and these arcades were making bank too so in 1980 revenue generated from quarters and arcades was about 2.8 billion dollars 2.8 billion dollars in arcades in quarters in quarters quarters in 1981, it was estimated that they made more than seven billion dollars, seven billion dollars in quarters in 1981. The amount of change the the United States government had to have been minting to sustain this industry just kind of blows my mind.
1: What do you mean the mint, Dave? Obviously, everyone was just pulling them from under the couch cushions
0: or from behind their ear, right? Or that. And in, you know, and then in 1982, kind of the heyday of of the golden age of arcades, the estimated revenue of quarters was over eight billion dollars, which was more than both pop music and Hollywood films combined. Pop music that year brought in about four billion dollars, and Hollywood films only brought in about three billion dollars. So, video games as an industry in 1982 outdid music, and it outdid. M- the movie industry put together you know we talk about video games nowadays being one of the biggest entertainment industries but the truth is is way back in 1981 this trend had always had already started it 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 boggles my mind to think of eight billion you know eight billion with a b that's billion with a b i mean good lord that's 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 amazon money well amazon money is like hundreds of billions but you get my point yeah And like I noted, you know, the technology did well here. You know, this was the era when microprocessors became common instead of the circuit boards. You know, we've talked about earlier games like Computer Space and the driving game, Nurbering, that were just a bunch of computer circuit boards. And so like microprocessors was common for them. And it was in this period that RGB color graphics were gaining widespread acceptance. You know, vector displays were becoming used in games like Asteroids and Tempest. You know, in this period, we saw the first stereoscopic 3D games. You know, we, we've talked about Rally X in the past, which was the first game to feature continuous background music, first game to have a background soundtrack in Space Invaders. That was this period. And and towards the end, we actually started to see 3D computer graphics in games like iRobot, which was the first arcade game to be rendered entirely in 3D. That came out at the end of the Golden Age of uh, uh, golden age in 1982, And many of the quote-unquote classics that we talk about to this day became prominent during the Golden Age of arcades, like Space Invaders, Asteroids, Pac-Man, Centipede, Frogger, Donkey Kong, Dig Dug, Joust, Pole Position, Tron, Dragon's Lair, 1942, Paperboy, Punch-Out! And of course, the game that brings us all here today, Missile Command. Rob, have you ever played Missile Command?
1: I can't say that I have, Dave. Cue the awe.
0: No, I'm not going to do all. I mean, these are these are these are 1980s. These are earlier games. You know, these are these are games that if I hadn't had an opportunity to play with like the early Ataris and the Intellivision that our parents had, I probably wouldn't know these games. They've tried modern remakes of some of them, but the modern remakes have not been very popular. All right, so Missile commands, right? Missile Command is a, a shoot up arcade game. It was released in July of 1980. There's a very basic plot. It, there are six cities, player six cities. They're being attacked by an endless hail of ballistic missiles, some of which split up as they, they kind of come towards your city. And as a, a regional, you're basically a regional commander of anti-missile batteries, ...who has to defend these six cities from being destroyed. So, basically, what you have is you have a streak in the sky that's a missile... ...and a crosshair, and you control it with a trackball. So, you move the crosshair of the trackball, you press a button, it launches a counter-missile. If the counter-missile hits the missile coming to you, it explodes. Sometimes it splits up into other, other missiles and eventually it's gone, and basically you just have to keep doing this until... until each... it's like waves, right? There's so many missiles in each waves, and... you either get overwhelmed and your city gets destroyed, or you destroy all the missiles and you move on to the next stage. Basically, you know, each game, each game has a, a series of levels, they increase in difficulty as you go along, and each level has a set number of incoming missiles, and and that's it. You know, it just gets harder, faster with more missiles as you go along. The level ends when either you destroy all the missiles or they destroy all the city. You have limited missiles. If you run out of missiles, you really know you, you don't have any more control over the over the level. Um it, it continues going until they run out of missiles or your entire city gets destroyed. So you can technically get through a level you know, if they don't destroy your entire city, even if you've run out of missiles. So some of it's a little bit of luck. And, and and that's it. You know, the game ends when all six cities are destroyed. Or you can, you get bonus cities at certain points. I don't remember where the points are. It's probably like a a, a million or something like that. Uh, 12,000 points. Destroyed cities are rebuilt at 12,000 points. Ask and you shall receive. Thank you, Internet. So this is one of those early games where there's really no way to win it. You know, the game just keeps going faster and and you get more missiles as time goes on. And so it's really just a contest to see how long you can survive. When the game ends, this game says the end instead of game over. And the implication there, according to the game's designer, was that in the end, all is lost. There is no winner. Kind of interesting, huh?
1: That's dark as
0: fuck, whoa, We're not at the dark point yet. it's 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 worse. do you do you know what the Cold War is? Like, are you have you, have you ever really been taught about the Cold War?
1: I, I guess it's a fair question. but like, yeah, Dave, absolutely. we We learned about the Cold War, ok. Well, uh, the I'm... Iron Curtain came down, baby. Thank,
0: thank you. So you do know about the Cold War. So this game, was designed during 1980, which was the height of the Cold War, okay? And when it was originally designed, its designer, it, um, its designer was Dave Thurer, and Dave Thurer is uh, one of the early designers of a lot of these games. He made Tempest, and this, those are his two most popular ones. Um, he made these cities to represent six cities in California, which were Eureka, San Francisco, San Louis, Santa Barbara, Los Angeles, and San Diego. And while programming the game, he admitted, you know, in a later interview, that he suffered nightmares of these cities being destroyed in a nuclear blast because that was the concept of the game that these these were these were missiles. this is this game is literally the cold War in video game form. you know it, it was it was a reality that all these people, were faced with at the time. And so, yeah, you're right. It's absolutely dark. It's incredibly dark, you know? Um, people in 1980 were living under the constant, th- a constant threat of all the world superpowers starting the next world war. You know, we, I think nowadays, we're really desensitized to it because I, 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 I can actually speak to this. You've never known a time where we haven't been at war because for as long as you've been around, the United States has been at war and it's almost been that way for me too, you know, but we weren't technically at war. I mean, the Cold War wasn't a traditional war. It was just, it was, it was a moment in which all of the world superpowers were just always on the edge, like teetering into war, which I guess we've never really stopped on a, you know, you, you get what I'm saying? absolutely
1: and you know i think that one point about this game and you know jokes considered obviously um it was probably training you know they probably would take the uh the best players in the world for this game and if there ever was a missile attack they would have used them to be the ones to stop it with our uh awesome hidden weapon technology
0: there are a number and i didn't uh i didn't put this in my notes, Um, but there are a number of records for every game, and one of the records for this game is a marathon mode. And the current record of marathon for this game is someone stood and played it for like 71 hours and some minutes straight. Uh, They almost stood in front of an arcade machine for three days. (laughs) So talk about someone who has to train... (laughs) For the for the real thing. That is insane. I know, I know. Now it's a more modern, uh, it's a more modern marathon record, to be honest with you. So it really wasn't a cold war record, but I just think it it just reminded me when you were talking about training. I was like, yeah, man, someone stood in front of one of these arcade machines for 71 hours. Wow. (laughs) Which is just kind of crazy. It's it's honestly really crazy. So um yeah. But that's Missile Command. Really basic. Uh, it was everywhere. It sold about twenty thousand arcade cabinets. Um, twenty thousand arcade cabinets, which makes it one of the more popular, um, one of the more more popular machines that were that was there during the golden age of arcades. There were a lot of 20,000 20, cabinets. Popeye, Pole Position, Dig Dug, Hubert's they were all kind of in the twenty thousands. They didn't really hold a candle to the big dogs, though. Like, for instance, Space Invaders is estimated to have sold about 750,000 cabinets. And Pac-Man, as we've talked about, uh, is estimated to have sold about 400,000 cabinets. But still, I mean, it was up there. It was was one of the the highest-grossing arcade cabinets during the Golden Age of Arcades. And it's a game that anyone who spent any time in an arcade during that period is going to know because it was was everywhere. Um, It was absolutely everywhere. With that being said, I guess there's a reason or a way that someone who wasn't or didn't play in the golden age of arcades may have stumbled across it. Because Missile Command was ported to the Atari 2600, which, uh, as I talked about, is where I stumbled across it as, a, um, as a, um, a remake on the Atari 2600. It, it sold a lot of copies. Kind of fun. You know, they uh, licensed this into a movie at one point that's never been made. Back in, like, 2011, Centipede and Missile Command were both licensed by Atari to be made into movies. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah I know, I know. Also, if you ever play Fallout 4, uh, there's a hit, there's a a, a clone of this game on your Pip-Boy that uh, you could go play. So, anyone who wants to play it, a more modern modern version. Although, it has been re-released and, like, there's Atari arcade hits and Atari, you know, classic games in one, and every time I see an arcade, you know, machine, like a standalone one, this is typically on it. Um... Yeah, they've updated it a few times. They they remade it uh, in the early Xbox 360 years. Uh, it was remade to an Xbox Live Arcade. Do you remember those little bitty Xbox Live Arcade games you could only buy on the on the Xbox Live, uh, like digitally? Was that it, like
1: the original Xbox 360?
0: Yeah, the original Xbox 360. Yeah, yeah.
1: I I mean, I guess I don't really even remember that. I don't. I didn't use the store a whole lot. I mostly just bought disc games and played that.
0: Well, it's really so. fun. It's really funny to think about that time period because we're so digitally integrated now, but back then, like the Xbox Live Arcade was new. Like we bought with points, and like we could, like we couldn't wrap our head around the points at the time. And it's just really funny for me to think about, um, to think about this stuff. So that being said. I will tell you, it's pretty impossible to find reviews, critic reviews, uh, user reviews are tough too from games during the 70s because you know we didn't have the internet and write everything down. But with that being said, I found some reviews, or at least I'm going to share one review with you that I found about the modern remake for this game on a 360 that serves as a good reminder about why modern remakes aren't always a good slice of nostalgia. So Rob, I'm gonna leave that for you because I always pull reviews for you. So why don't you tell us about the modern remake of this game?
1: All right, Dave. So IGN says that on the modern remake, that Missile Command on the Xbox 360 serves as a clear example of how not to do a remake. With its inaccurate emulation of the original game and a completely lifeless evolved version of the game mashed together in the same package, it manages to disappoint on all fronts. In the original version of the game, you have to use a little strategy to determine from which base to launch. Your shots have some time, so you'll usually want to fire from your closest base, but your center base also fires much faster than the side bases, so there's one more thing to consider. But travel time doesn't appear to be a factor in the evolved version of the game, which makes the concept of multiple bases feel totally meaningless. Instead, a bolt of lightning appears between the missile base and the explosion caused by your shot. The new version feels like someone sat down and wrote out a document explaining what Missile Command was, then handed it to someone who had never even seen the original game for programming. It's a soulless version of the game that has none of the original game's feel. Instead, it feels more like some lame free PC download, complete with the same sort of generic techno music track you'd expect to find in something so slapdash. To add insult to injury, the original mode doesn't play especially well either. The arcade version of the game operates with a trackball, which makes your cursor movement feel sort of like a mouse. The Xbox 360 analog stick isn't up for the challenge, and the faster later levels of the game are much, much harder as a result. On top of that, the sound effects aren't accurate when compared to the arcade original either.
0: As a note... Don't play the modern remake on an Xbox 360 arcade. I don't even know if you can still get it, to be honest with you. I don't know if they migrated that over. No, they migrate a lot of those arcades over to the Xbox One and, and, and subsequent, which I'm going to call it. I know it was also on the iPhone. It was an app. Uh, I know it's there. And actually, I'm kind of looking. There is a new remake that was just released in May of last year, March of last year. It's also on the Switch. It's on Steam. There you go. You can get the game on Steam and you can also get it on the new Atari VCS. Speaking of which, have you seen the Atari VCS yet? Do you even know what that is? Isn't
1: that the thing you put the, the, the tapes in to watch on TV?
0: Ah, <laughs> that's a VCR. Ah, ah, ah. Uh No, the Atari VCS is the new Atari console that Lily just released. Uh it, it looks nice, but its reviews have been just okay. I don't know. Neat concept, but apparently they need to work on it. So yeah, so don't play the modern remake on 360. Maybe go play the modern modern remake that just came out that I admittedly didn't really look at yet. So I'm kind of excited because now I'm actually going to go look at that. Um, let's see, what's it? What what? It's the, it's the summer Steam sale right now. So... Uh, Missile Command. Missile Command Recharge is a dollar 49 right now on the Steam store. Go buy it. <laughs> and it's got very, very positive reviews. So apparently, some people really like the new one. All right, Rob, well, I pulled one user review that's about what I could find about a classic version of Missile Command. So, why don't you tell us what uh, a Game Boy Color? Has to say? I don't know.
1: Sure thing, Dave. Well, this Game Boy Color has to say that it's almost impossible to find fault with a game so simple. You have control of a spot that shoots missiles to shoot down some incoming hostile missiles. Simple enough. But you have to be on your toes because the missiles aren't interested in you, but your cities. You have six cities to protect. Once all those cities are destroyed, game over but it speeds up with each level right about now. If you're saying no sweat, I'll have this beat in no time. Then you're a twit. Obviously this is the kind of game that tends to almost go on forever. My best is 13,000 something. But from what I've read, it has a glitch that stops somewhere around 2 million, but it would take a superhuman reflexes to go that high. Still it's fun and has great replay value. Thumbs up here.
0: It does have a glitch indeed. Um, once you get to 810,000 points, apparently you get you know how when I said before that every 12,000 points you get a, a city rebuilt? Yeah. So when you hit 810,000 points and then every million points afterwards you apparently get 176 cities added for some whatever reason. And that's how people can carry on playing for several hours is that they keep uh that that you know they keep doing this and then at some later stages the speed of missiles increases greatly so on like the 256 screen where most of these old games had issues uh the scoring increases by 256 times the base value so on those stages uh it was very easy to earn over a million points and get all those and get all of those cities and then at 256 it resets itself cuz that's its you know its integer limit and goes back to like the first stage with the score, you know, your score and your save cities, but you're back to the speed of the first one. So basically every 256 stages, you can get a ton of cities and then reset back to the beginning with a million more lives is kind of the, the glitch he's talking about. So, Wow, that uh,
1: that feels a little broken.
0: You know, a lot of those old games had little stuff like that, so... Oh, two up two down, left right, left right, BA start. That's right. That's exactly right. Uh but yeah, that's that's pretty much missile command, ladies and gentlemen. If 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 you've never played it, a dollar fifty on Steam is you hardly have an excuse to not play it, because it's a dollar fifty on Steam. So go play it, go try it. You know, always gotta you always need to try the the classics. How you, you can't really understand where we are without knowing where we came from. Uh, my add to it is go play it $1.49 on Steam. You can't beat it unless you can find one of those old consoles, then go play it on the old console. How about you, Rob? You got anything to add?
1: Uh, no, no, we uh think you did pretty well summing it all up, and like Dave said, just give the game a play.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Well, I promised it was going to be a shorter one today, uh, you know, with every so often it's, it's nice to have a little bit shorter and get some time back to work on some other stuff. So that's what we're going with today. Uh, if you'd like to go back to some of our uh, older, longer, normal sized episodes. You can do so on our website, which is www.memorycardlane.com. You can also find my research notes for every episode. You can find our biographies. You can find a calendar of upcoming events that I really need to update because it ends in June and we're at the end of June, so I'm just reminding myself. Uh, You can also find links to our Discord where you can come and talk to us or come play games with us. And there's also a support link where you can visit our Patreon. For only $2 a month, you can support us at our podcast and our efforts to teach you something new about video games week in and week out. And lastly, you can also find links to our other social media. I am on Twitter as, as DavidIsWrong, where I post about Rocket League and wish happy birthday to various video games. Rob, remind our listeners what you're doing on social media these days.
1: I can be found on twitch.tv forward slash F-A-T-B-O-I-R-I-P-Z.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, uh, on that note, it's time to wrap up the episode. As we start out with, we we tell you every week we want to teach you something new about the game, what it takes from the world, or what it gives back to it. And as part of that, we talk about what we learned. Rob, what did you learn today?
1: I learned that there was an arcade game. Or an industry, rather. I mean, I just didn't realize that the arcade industry made more than both the popular music and film industry in a given year. That's kind of crazy to think that older games had that much impact in society because, you know, I'm not seeing it at first hand. It's just crazy to think about.
0: Yeah. I mean, they were, they were doing it, man. They were, they were they were a happening thing as, as way back in the moment video games took off. They literally took off. So, yeah, it was it's great. I didn't realize they were that big of an industry either. I'm not even gonna lie. I mean, I've looked at the golden age of arcades before, and I'm sure I've read the statistics. But this time, I dug a little bit to see about comparisons to other things, and that I, I threw that in there because that was one of the probably the most eye opening statistics I found in my research was I, too, didn't realize that it literally eclipsed both Hollywood and the music industry, and I think that's pretty freaking cool. So, yeah. Well, that's what I learned. Uh, Before I take it out of here, Rob, would you like to add anything else to the conversation?
1: A Sure thing, Dave. As always, I just want to take a second to say thank you to everyone for listening. It's fun. We're doing it. Tell us about it. Or don't. Your choice. Thanks for listening.
0: Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, next week, we're going to be getting Rob the gang together. I already told him last night that they were joining us next week because Rocket League celebrates its sixth birthday and we play a lot of Rocket League.
1: That we do, Dave. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: So we're going to celebrate Rocket League's birthday. We'll talk a little bit about Rocket League's roots. See what I can teach the boys about Rocket League. And we're going to talk a lot about how far it's come in six years. So whether or not you like Rocket League, there's bound to be something in there for you. So join us again next week for our rocket-powered flippy cars of a trip down memory card lane. Do the thing.
1: (laughs) do 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 ba ba boo